the beginning of this new year, we start a new sermon series on the Beatitudes, which is the name for the eight blessed are statements that Jesus gives at the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew. In some ways, the way we wish a happy new year upon others, bestowing that upon them, in some ways that is what Jesus does, at least in the first four. And today we hear the first one starting in chapter 4, beginning at verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all the sick, those who were afflicted with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Of the 365 days that made up 2021, it is hard to imagine even one day in which we did not hear about COVID. I don't think it's possible. I don't think you can go through a news feed or a news cycle without hearing something about COVID. It is everywhere, not just in medicine and hospitals, but the economy, sports games, and of course, church life. We were shut down for so long that when we came back, we didn't even remember how to do worship in person. COVID is everywhere. It is all-encompassing. When Matthew wrote his gospel some 50 years after the time of Jesus, something similar was going on. Not a virus, but the Roman Empire was all-encompassing. You could not miss it. It was the background, as we might say, only they never would have thought of it as background. Do you think of COVID as, well, it's just kind of a background? No, it's life. It is life as we know it, and that's how it was for them with the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire that had destroyed the temple, had attacked. There was a war. It was horrible. I don't know if you've made any resolutions. You're only two days in. But if one of them included, you know, I think I'm going to read the Bible just a little bit more during this next year, here's a tip. If you're reading any passage in the New Testament, any verse, remember Rome. Remember Rome is always there. You can't miss it. Matthew's way of doing that is a little bit different. It's not in calligraphy, you know, like stenciled on a bookmark or on a coffee mug, blessed are the poor in spirit. Matthew's way of doing that is to tell us the Beatitudes, to tell us the context in which Jesus speaks. And the way Matthew does that to remind us of the harshness of the Roman Empire is, well, it's right there on the page. But unfortunately, for years, we've had chapters and verses inserted that weren't there. When Matthew wrote his gospel, there was no such thing. And unfortunately, a chapter break like this could really separate things. Because what's the end of chapter 4 and the beginning of chapter 5, they really go together. 
That's Matthew's way of reminding us. So when he says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he says, well, you want to know who the crowds were? And you back up, and there they are. You heard it. They're from different places, and they're sick. And some are battling epilepsy and probably some mental illness. And they are definitely the poor of the poor, eking out a living after paying the exorbitant taxes to Rome, like those fishermen that he also called back in chapter 4. When I try to picture those crowds in which he looks out and says these words, I picture a place in Managua, Nicaragua, that some of you have visited on a mission trip. If you go there on a mission trip, I'm almost certain they will take you there. It's the city dump. There on mounds of garbage and refuse, the poor sit, and they forage for food and swat away flies. And never once looking at that scene did I think, these people are blessed. I would never use that word in that context. You know how during COVID we've picked up a vocabulary we didn't want to learn, but we did because, well, there are all these new terms. That's, in a sense, what you need with the Beatitudes. You need a glossary to understand all of the words, like that word, blessed. It's a good enough word, but it's kind of churchy. I mean, nobody uses it in any other place. Blessed is the wide receiver who made the catch. No, I mean, we don't talk like that. And so people have tried to figure out, well, what kind of word do you use to capture what it's really saying? And, and some have said, happy. That is not good. Serious scholars have said things like, flourishing. That's pretty good. Or, honored. But the one that I'm drawn to is, favored. God's favor is upon, and then you fill in the blank. In this case, it's upon the poor in spirit. And that immediately takes us to the issue of poverty, but not just poverty. It's a very specific kind. It's poor in spirit. These are people who have been crushed. They have been absolutely crushed. You know how sometimes you pull up at a light or a stop sign and there's somebody with a cardboard sign and maybe they're waving and they've got a clever wave or they twirl their little sign? That's not this word. This word it, it kind of implies cowering. I, I've been on the uh, West Coast and in certain cities at a light. Oh, all of a sudden, there'll just be somebody there washing your windshield, and they take a bow, and they want a tip. That's not this word. These are people who have been crushed. They are on the verge of giving up. Or to put it this way, they no longer swat away the flies. And Jesus says, blessed are those people. They're, they're not blessed because they're like that. That would be cruel because the next word explains it. In all the Beatitudes, the very next word is for, which should be translated because. The Greek word is because. Blessed are those people who've been crushed because theirs is the kingdom of heaven, which again is not a great translation. It'd be better to say something like they are part of the God movement. They are part of God's family. They are part of God's kingdom as opposed to the one of Caesar where he tramples on the poor. That's a very different take. One way you could think about the whole of the Beatitudes, all eight of them, is in the last four, the second half, it's roughly like 
resolutions, things you might resolve to do. You, you might put on your list, I'm going to be a peacemaker this year. That's in the last four. But the first four, you, 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 don't, you don't aspire to be poor in spirit. It's a blessing pronounced upon them because people in the first four, they don't make New Year's resolutions. People who are crushed don't say, you know what? We need to get more exercise this year. Maybe cut back on the sweets. You know, we don't need so many sweets. Honey, you know what we should do? We should organize, get organized, all that stuff in our basement. No. Not the poor in spirit. They have been crushed. Their spirits are crushed. That's why if you go on Google and put in Google images and put in the Beatitudes, you will get the most hokey stuff you have ever seen. You know, like kitty cats and puppy dogs and people praising God on the beach. Poor, poor in spirit, that, that doesn't even fit. If you really want a good image, look up Laura James, Black is Blessed. She's an artist, and in the center of the canvas is a black Jesus saying the Beatitudes to slaves in chains. And then around the edges are different images of the different Beatitudes. And the one that says, blessed are the poor in spirit, two white slaveholders are tossing the body of a black slave overboard who has died. And another black slave in chains cowers on the deck. That's the first Beatitude. Blessed are the slaves, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they are part of the God movement. You know how for roughly two years now we've been talking about getting back to normal? We want to get back to normal. We might even be willing to have a new normal, but we want to get back. And what we primarily mean, I think, is we want to go back to our ways you know, like going to eat out and not having to worry about a mask and flying around the country and to different parts of the world, taking cruises where you don't have to be afraid. We want to go back to normal. I suppose that Jesus' followers could imagine going back to a day before the Roman Empire, before they destroyed the temple, before the war. But Jesus' vision is not going back because in normal times, the poor get crushed. Jesus' vision is forward to a new justice, a new way where the least are honored and cared for. Now, you wouldn't necessarily know this, insider information, but on Tuesdays is when we have our staff meeting here at the church. We meet at noon, we have lunch, Somebody shares a little moment called enrichment. And then the first item of business is always what's called spirit sightings. Carla says, anybody have any spirit sightings? And the rules are, they're, they're loose, but mostly it's anything that happened that week. You can go back if you want. And it's mostly stuff that's happened in the life of the church. So like someone might say, ah, that 901 service, I counted 17 kids there. Thank God for the vaccine. Now they can come to church. That was so, that was just heartwarming. Stuff like that. You know, someone else says, what about that couple? They had the baby, premature, 
but they've gone home now and everybody's fine. Mom and child, they were surrounded by casseroles from the Sunday school class. You get the idea, right? These are like, they're like hallmark, hallmark moments in the life of the church. But, but listen to it. Spirit sightings. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What if spirit sightings weren't just heartwarming? What if we might be on the lookout for moments of seeing the poor in spirit, those who are crushed, and considering that a spiritual sighting? You can try it. I mean, if you run an errand and you come out and there's a Hispanic couple on the corner and they've got their kids and they've got this sign and in broken English it's asking for help, you don't say this to them. You just say it as a kind of prayer. You, you just say, blessed are those who are living on the edge. For they are part of the movement of God. And it's not sarcasm to say it. It's, it's quoting promise of God, a future that is now present. I tried it twice recently. I was on I-29 in the Northland. I'd come to one of those clover leaves, concrete clover leaf onto another highway, and I looked down, and there was a bus stop, the, the big kind, with three or four or five buses congregating there. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw this man. He had a sleeping bag in his hand, and he was running as fast as he could. I mean, his life depended on catching this bus, and maybe it did. And behind him I saw, in a clearing in the woods, a mattress and a bunch of Walmart sacks that had blown into the trees. And I thought, blessed are the people who sleep outside in the cold, for they're part of the God movement. And a couple weeks before that, I was downtown at Messenger Coffee. Amazing place. I'd had my little cup of hot tea, and I was trying so hard not to have one of those chocolate croissants that are amazing. And I was sitting there at the window looking out on Grand Street, which is a pretty big street. And this middle-aged African-American man stumbled into the street, lost his balance, and tumbled right in the middle. And he could not, for the life of him, figure out up from down. And thank God a passerby was kind of standing right there and, and stood over him and, and motioned for the traffic to stop. And after, a, it seemed like a few minutes, he got to his feet and he stumbled across and he sat on the curb and all of us went back to our coffee and conversations. And I thought, blessed are those who sit on the curb because they're part of the God movement. I don't know if you make resolutions. If you do, you, you might want to wait for the latter four of these. You know, like, I want to be a peacemaker. That's one of the latter four. The first four, they're not, they're not something to aspire to. You don't say, you know, this year I want to be crushed in spirit. But if you need to make a resolution, if that's just in your DNA to do it, how about this? I resolve this year that I will show compassion and help those who are on the verge of giving up. Because that's what God has always done, and near as I can tell, that's what God will be doing again this year.